Hi, I'm Michael O'Neill, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Episode 227 of On Screen and Beyond, I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, my guest is Michael O'Neill. Now, Michael, has he's just been in so many different things. You'll recognize his face in a lot of movies like J. Edgar, Transformers, Traffic, Sea of Love, Secondhand Lions, Seabiscuit. And on TV, you've seen him on uh, Numbers, Sons of Anarchy, Leverage, and of course, who could forget him? in Grey's Anatomy on a couple years back on the season's finale where uh, he just uh, wiped out Seattle Grey's doctors. So uh, anyways, uh, now he is on Necessary Roughness and the mid-season finale on USA Network happens this Wednesday night at 10 p.m. So be sure to check that out, uh, 9 p.m. Central. And he plays Hank Griffin, the interim uh, general manager of the new york hawks so uh we're going to be talking with him stick around for that it's going to be a lot of fun and this like i said is season six of on screen and beyond the beginning of another season and we got a lot of great guests lined up coming your way all season long we do 50 episodes every year uh each week we bring you all kinds of information and of course it's that time of month where we will be bringing you the release information for movies coming in theaters and dvd and blu-ray releases that'll be coming your way in september so uh uh, I don't want to waste any more time. Let's get right into it. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we find out what's coming away in theaters as far as remakes. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness coming your way in theaters in September. Well, this one's really not a remake. It's uh, just been, uh, I don't know, readjusted or whatever you want to call it. It's Finding Nemo in 3D, though. And this time, it comes to theaters on September 14th. And like I said, it's really not a remake. It's just, uh, you know, they've fine-tuned it to be 3D to bring you really brilliant-looking screen and everything. So be sure to check that out. And uh, this one is a remake. Dread makes its way down the remake path on September 21st. The original starred Sylvester Stallone as Judge Dread. So check that one out if you get a chance. That's it for Remake Madness coming away in September in theaters. Next, original movies right here on On Screen and Beyond coming away in September. New movies coming your way in September in theaters. On September 7th, Bradley Cooper, Jeremy Irons, and Dennis Quaid star in The Word. It's about a writer who steals someone else's work and becomes famous. The British film The Inbetweeners, which uh, the MTV show is based on, uh, hits theaters on September 7th. And kids will enjoy the animated Hotel Transylvania as the hotel that caters to monsters with no humans until, you guessed it, a human stumbles into the resort. That comes your way on September 21st. And Trouble with the Curve. It features Clint Eastwood as a grumpy old man once again, and Amy Adams plays his daughter. And you can look for that on September 21st also. That's it for new movies coming your way in September. Next on On Screen and Beyond, 
Sequel City, where we find out what's coming your way as far as sequels in September in theaters. Next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Sequel City coming your way in theaters in September. Not a whole lot. Resident Evil Retribution comes your way, and it continues the Evil series with all guns blazing, and that comes your way on September 14th. And that's it for Sequel City in September. Surprising. Wait till October. (laughs) There's going to be a whole bunch of them. Anyways, that's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take a peek at what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD in September. TV on DVD in September, well, we got a boatload of them, so sit back. September 4th, you can get Two Broke Girls, Season 1, Bored to Death, Season 3, Criminal Minds, Season 7, Fantasy Island, Season 2, Fringe, Season 4, The Good Wife, Season 3, Grey's Anatomy, Season 8, Haven, Season 2, Hung, Season 3, The Office, Season 8, and Parks and Recreation Season 4, along with Persons of Interest Season 1. On September 11th, you can catch 30 Rock Season 6, The Big Bang Theory Season 5, Blue Bloods Season 2, Kojak Season 5, Terra Nova, The Complete Series, Up All Night Season 1, Vampire Diaries Season 3. September 18th, you can catch Army Wives Season 6, Hawaii Five O Season 2, Modern Family Season 3, Rawhide Season 5, Volume 1 and Volume 2, and Whiplash, the Western series, the complete series. On September 25th, American Horror Story Season 1, CSI Season 12, CSI Miami Season 10, CSI New York Season 8, Charlie's Angels, the complete series, Desperate Housewives Season 8, The Lawless Years, The Complete Series, and Touched by an Angel, Season 6. That's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take you right into the movies on DVD and Blu-ray. It's coming up next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Movies on DVD coming your way in September. Well, September 4th, The Five-Year Engagement with Jason Segel will be coming your way. For the Love of Money with James Kahn is also coming your way along with Piranha 3DD, Safe with Jason Statham, and look for Touchback with Brian Presley, and You, Me, and the Circus with Matt Dallas. Coming on September 11th, you can catch For Greater Glory with Andy Garcia, Girl in Progress with Eva Mendez, and look for Snow White and the Huntsman with Chris Hemsworth. And what to expect when you're expecting with Cameron Diaz. And on September 18th, you can get the best exotic Marigold Hotel. You can also get the Cabin in the Woods with Kristen Conley. And September 25th, look for the Avengers with Robert Downey Jr. and 
Iron Man Armored Adventures Season 2, Volume 2. Nice little animated show there. That is it for movies coming your way in September on DVD. And next on On Screen to Beyond, we take a trip down to find out uh, what's going on at uh, Necessary Roughness. Michael O'Neill will be joining us, and he's going to be talking about his role as Hank Griffin on the USA Network series, Necessary Roughness. And as I said, he's been in so many other things, including Seabiscuit and uh, Secondhand Lions and J. Edgar and Transformers, and the list just goes on and on. He's going to have a lot to talk about. Michael O'Neill is next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today on On Screen and Beyond, my guest is an actor whose film credits include J. Edgar, Transformers, and Seabiscuit, and his TV credits include performances on NCIS, Sons of Anarchy, Leverage, his memorable Grey's Anatomy season finale in 2010, and his role as Special Agent Ron Butterfield in The West Wing and many others. Currently, he can be seen on Necessary Roughness as Hank Griffin on the USA Network, which has its mid-season finale Wednesday night, August 29th at 10 p.m., 9 central. And he can also be seen on the new CBS series Vegas as Mayor Ted Bennett. It's Michael O'Neill. Michael, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thanks so much, Brian. It's really nice to be with you. Michael, just going through that intro, and I just touched the, the, the tip of the iceberg of all the shows you've been on and movies and things like that, but uh, you're a busy guy right now. <laughs> You know, I was listening to you go through that list, and I thought, wow, it's so nice to be a working actor. I'm very <laughs> grateful, you know, to have been involved in those projects. There's some really good people there. Oh, yes, that's for sure. And I want to get into some of those because as we go along, you know, our audience loves to hear any stories you have about any of those those shows. But why don't we start off with uh, the one that's coming up right off, uh, Necessary Roughness. Yeah, thank you for mentioning it, Brian. It's 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 such a good company. Um, you know, the show is uh, this is its sophomore season, mm-hmm. and um, you know, Callie Thorne, Mark Blucas, Scott Cohen, uh, uh, Macad Brooks. They're just it's a terrific cast and a wonderful setup. With Callie as the lead, as the psychotherapist dealing with you know high performance athletes and mm-hmm. some of the uh, the quirks in their brains that keep them from being a hundred percent, but. Um, they brought my character in, Brian, as a general manager, an interim general uh, manager, because the, the owners of the team were getting a nasty divorce, and the team was suffering, and it was sort of losing its, uh, its way. So the league sends me in as this former Marine, a real no-nonsense guy who, who likes it done the old-school way, and uh, ruffles a few feathers and, and uh, creates some waves and, and <laughs> has a good time all in the process. Now, are you going to be on the season finale of you know tomorrow uh, tomorrow night? The, yes, the mid-season finale. I am on that. Uh, I've done uh, five episodes with them uh, to date, uh, and the mid-season finale I think is the third or the fourth uh, that I shot with them. But uh, it's an interesting dilemma. You know, the the, the great thing about the, both the show and and uh, and getting to work with them, you learn so much about different aspects of high-level performers, be it a professional football player or a world-class magician or gamers or tennis players and uh, and some of the things that are in the human psyche. And 
Callie's character, Callie Thorne, uh, who plays Danny, she's she's so interesting. She's whip smart, but it's her instinct, yeah. you know, about about delving into the human psyche and and the, uh, uh, finding this this narrow winding pathway to a solution or an answer to some of these things. I just I find it really fascinating. Yeah, and, it is. It's a good show. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, I know you probably can't tell us, but is there going to be a, a, a cliffhanger to, for the, the mid-season finale here? Um, you know, I can't tell you. Yeah, that's what I figured. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you're not going to go Grey's Anatomy on us again. I mean. <laughs> no, no, I do not come in with a 9 millimeter. <laughs> you're absolutely right. No, but I would stay tuned. It's an interesting uh, break that happens here Mm -hmm. and uh like i say they delve into some things uh you know on the on the on the other side of sport what we don't see we we see the performance on the field but what what um what goes in into getting to that performance Mm -hmm. uh is is sort of their territory and um I'm afraid if I if I reveal too much, I'm going to distract from it. So yeah. no, I I'll understand. Just yeah, I understand. Um, I'll just say it's worth the wait. Yes, I'm sure. Now, when when will the show come back? I know the it's it's always hard to figure out now how TV shows are going here because it used to be there was a distinct you know starts in September, ends in whatever it was May, <laughs> and you know nowadays there's the mid season split. And so when are you starting back up? It'll start back in winter, and I don't know the exact date of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I agree with you. The landscape of scheduling has changed so much since cable is, you know, the introduction of so many uh, cable shows, which, you know, is really, um, uh, it, it's changed not just the, the the calendar of events, but the nature of the work has changed, and that they can address a little more candidly mm-hmm. and uh, certainly in, in uh, greater depth sometimes uh, some of the nuance of things. So, you know, as an actor, it's fun to be able to work those shows. Yeah. What, what drew you to this role? You know, I like the fact that he was uh, a guy that would come in. He wasn't afraid to remake uh, the, uh, uh, the landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anytime someone thinks that they can can create someone else's problems in their own image <laughs> and solve them. There's a great sort of ego turn there, um, which one usually pays for, I might say. But but um, it, it's that and learning about, you know, the inside of a professional organization. Uh, um, when I started on this, I reached out to a young scout from the Oakland Raiders, uh, a guy named Brian Kaplan, and he really filled me in on the tensions, you know, inside the organizations between – what you want as a as a player, what the coach wants, a known quantity, and what the general manager might want in terms of the possibility of the impact on a franchise, and uh, it was a it was a great learning curve for me. And ironically, the first episode that we shot together, we shot our fictitious draft on the exact same day that the NFL was holding their draft. Really? <laughs> so we were watching both at the same time. It was a it was. It was a great day. That was one question I was going to ask you: Is how deep do you get into your character? Uh, do you go out and you know, like you said, talk to general managers and things like that to find out more the behind the scenes stuff? And evidently, you do as much as I can, Brian. As much as I can, it, just because it gives you a, a more a complete and human idea of what they're dealing with and what the problems are, where the tensions are held. 
you know, what the opposing views are. Mm-hmm. And if you can get those things, then you can begin to accent, you know, the, the, the things that you want to play. And uh, I find that the more information that I can get, uh, the more I fall in love with the with the character. Uh, when I did the West Wing, I know you're not asking me about it. Well, I'm but, going to. <laughs> well, the Secret Service was so generous with me. Really? Um, yeah, they were they were incredibly generous, and and some of those guys letting me get to know them and and uh, and, and learn about what they do and how they go about it and. Uh, you know, not that they're revealing any state secrets or giving me, you know, protocol well, or procedure. They, they they would never do that. Yeah. But to get an idea of the character of those men and women, you know, because uh, in their case, they're a human shield. Mm-hmm. Their objective is to cover and extract. And it takes a, a particular kind of individual to do that. And, um, oh, sure. you know, it's sort of bravery to the nth degree. And, and uh, so... Yeah. The more I could find out about it, the more I realized the responsibility that I had to portray them in it, it, with the dignity that I thought they deserved. Yeah. But how does that work? Um, is it you as an actor, you, you get in touch with them, or does the show get in touch with them so you can uh, talk with the people? Or you know, do you just pick the phone up and say, hey, I'm going to be on a TV show about uh, you know, special agents, and I need some information, and then they sort of do a background check on you? <laughs> Well, they do, do. They certainly do a background check, um, but but um, no, I I try to make the calls as quickly as possible, and and I got really lucky, Brian, with uh, with the Secret Service, in that one of my old uh, high school football coaches uh, had a cousin named Jerry Parr, and Jerry Parr was the man who pushed Reagan in the limo mm-hmm. and and got him to uh, the GW hospital when he was wounded, mm-hmm. and. Um, Roy Parker said to me, you should speak with Jerry. And I said, oh, I would love to. And he was kind enough to recount for me the nature of the incident and some of the particulars which we then used uh, almost verbatim in the West Wing um, for that finale. Um, But it was, you know, sometimes luck favors favors the prepared, but I I just got lucky on that in terms of being able to speak with him because he's an American hero. Oh, yeah, jeez. Now, uh, with Necessary Roughness, um, mm-hmm. how did you get the part? Is it something that they approached you for, with, or did you turn around and have to audition? Or how did that You work? know, I was fortunate. They did reach out to me. Um, I had worked with some of the writers and the executive producer before. They, they were looking for a particular quality, and they thought that I might fill the bill on that. So um, they called me in, um, I want to say, late April and said, listen, we have a role coming up and we think that it might be something that uh, would suit you well. And then they gave me some information about it, and I said, you know, I agree. Let's go to work. So um, there are, you know, there are other times when I have to go in and win it, but right. this particular one, they had an idea of what they wanted and, and were pretty clear with me what they wanted me to bring to the table. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting to see that last episode, uh, or, or not last episode, but the, the, the mid-season finale episode tomorrow night. So You know, it is. It really is. It's, it's really well-drawn, Brian. I mean, I, I, can, I can certainly tell you that, and, and, it, and it leaves you in a place of both looking at the characters and sort of looking at yourself, mm-hmm. going, oh, my gosh, what would I do in that circumstance? Right, yeah. You know, and, and you always like that if, if the audience becomes a participant. In the uh, in the story, then you feel like you've done your job. Do people recognize you on the street from this show, or or from Grey's Anatomy, or West Wing, or anything like that? Does that happen to you? You know, they do now, 
I have three daughters, Brian, and, and I would I would usually deflect that because a character actor, you know, your stock and trade is being able to 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 uh, become something else, right? And mm-hmm. and uh, and they would, someone would say, I know you from somewhere, and I'd say, Well, you know, maybe I've you know seen you in the neighborhood. And one of my daughters finally said, Look, Dad, knock it off. Just tell me you're an actor. <laughs> and so I said, Okay, fine. <laughs> so now they'll say that, and I said, Well, you know, maybe you saw me in a trip through your living room or something, but. You know, Gray's had a profound impact. Uh, Seabiscuit did as well. Um, uh, Secondhand Lions, people liked that film. NCIS, you know, and now Necessary Roughness. And um, hopefully uh, I feel pretty confident Vegas will as well. But But they feel like you're a known quantity. You've been in their living room. So they're willing to talk to me now. Right, yeah. And, now, you mentioned Vegas, so let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, a, a new show coming up for you. Brand new. Yeah. Um, quite quite an interesting, um, I wish I could reveal more about it. I mean, I, I, I can say with confidence, stay tuned. I think this, this show is going to be very, very interesting. You know, it's set in Vegas in 1960. 1960. And uh, Nick Pileggi wrote it, who wrote Goodfellas. Uh, oh. You know, a wonderful writer and just has a real feel for that. He and... Greg Walker are uh, collaborators on this. Uh, Greg did uh, without a trace, so he has a he has a great you know feel for the for um, the cliffhanger, as it were, or the you know the what we call the hook. And um, he he uh, they've created something because of the fact that people know Vegas the way it is now. Yeah, Vegas in 1960 was a lot closer to a saloon culture hmm. than it was to what we know now in the great you know white way that it's become right but uh and the show really reveals the conflicts of you know what was happening when that when that the growing pains that it was going through and the conflicts and you've got the chicago mob coming in you know you've got uh those westerners who had been uh, working that ranch land for generations and were trying to protect it and then you've got a character like me and i can't speak to this a guy who had a vision uh that he wanted vegas to expand and become you know the the sort of mecca that it's become now. He You're really, the mayor, right, on the show? Yeah, yep. yeah. Mayor Bennett really wanted Vegas to to take over the you know both the gambling operation and become an entertainment capital of the country. So and, was that uh, was that a a actual person or did they, did they use real people? He, he's more of a, uh, they did use a real person in terms of Ralph Lamb. Dennis's character is based on a very specific man who became the the sheriff of. Uh, of Las Vegas for, I think, Dennis Quaid, three decades. Correct? Yeah, Dennis Quaid. Right, I'm sorry, Dennis sure Quaid's character. He was a fourth-generation rancher that became uh, sheriff of Las Vegas and remained so for three or four decades. Um, and I'm sure Michael Chiklis's character is also based on um, someone that, that Nick uh, knew of. And Bennett's probably, uh, my character's probably a combination of a couple of guys. Yeah. Huh. Because it's funny you mentioned Vegas. Um, a couple of years ago, we had uh, Rosemarie. I don't know if you remember Rosemarie from the Dick Van Dyke Show. Oh, sure. She was on the show. Oh, great and she, comedian. Oh, yes. And she talked a lot about the early years of Vegas on the show when she was here because that's she actually worked Vegas when it was just beginning. So, yeah. uh, it, it, And she talked about the mob and everything. So it was. <laughs> this should be quite an interesting show. Yeah, I think they've got something really good going on there. Um, it, it, it just seems like you know there's a there's there's a conflict. There's a they're they're very rich characters. It's a time that people remember. You know, we can look back on a piece of our history, in some instance wistfully, 
and um, I'm, I'm very optimistic. I would say stay tuned for that one. Yeah, and that's going to be on CBS. And do you know the start date for that one? I do. It's September the 25th. September it's 25th. CBS. I, um, I, you know, I, I confuse the times, 10 o'clock in the uh, Central, perhaps, or Eastern, however they do that. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. whatever the calibration back is. But I do know it's the 25th, Tuesday, the 25th of September. Okay, that sounds like it's going to be a good one, too. And how, yeah. on, on that one, how did you uh, come about that? Was that another one they reached out to you for, or did you audition? No, they, they wanted me in the room for that. They wanted to see uh, there's a very specific relationship between this man and Dennis Quaid's character. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a history between those two, and, mm-hmm. and they wanted they wanted to feel that palpably in the room. So I, I went in and, and uh, gave it the best shot, and fortunately it worked out. Great, great. That, uh, it's, it's, I wish you luck on that one because that one sounds like an interesting show. Yeah, thanks so much, Brian. We'll be back with more of our guests right after this short break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now, Michael, what about when you were growing up as a little kid? Was acting what you wanted to do or was there something else that you, you wanted to be? You know, I, it wasn't acting. It really wasn't. I, you know, I say I, I got dragged kicking and screaming into a better life, but um, my dad would come home every evening, and he would whistle at the back door, and then he would speak in a different accent. And I don't, you know, for whatever reason, that little uh, performance uh, galvanized some unconscious interest in me, to have characters and uh, interestingly enough i can't do accents very well um but my old man could could just lay out the most delicious either it was irish or russian or you know mm-hmm. czechoslovakian or brazilian he would just I, I, I don't know where he got them all but it was it was wonderfully entertaining for a boy to take off in the back of the house when he heard the whistle to find out you know who was showing up that day <laughs> So I think that was the genesis of it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, I'd been interested in medicine. That that There was just something about that that struck my curiosity, and and um, I thought that might be the path that I was taking. That was um, that was not my path. You know, I ended up studying economics, and then at the last moment, got drafted into um, into Hollywood. So. So, so what what made you turn that way? Was it uh, were you starting to do plays when you were in school or something? Or never did, never, never did, Brian. I I wrote an address in uh, the early seventies for my national fraternity, and they recorded it. I was a, a student at Auburn University, and um, I didn't know about the recording part of it. And then they played it for uh, college presidents and also distinguished alumni that they were you know had relationships with or um and one of those alumni was a character actor named will gear he played the yes. grandfather on the walton yes and will listened to the address and he said do you know how to get in touch with this fella and they said yeah he's he's at auburn he said call him so they literally dialed me i just finished my last college final about two hours earlier 
and uh, I, I get a, a telephone call, and it's Will Gear, and he said, "Son, I think you should try acting before the corporate structure snaps you up." Hmm. And I said, "Honestly, Mister Gear, I don't know anything about it." And he said, "Well, come to California, and I'll work with you." And uh, I, I said, "Can I think about this and call you back?" <laughs> And it's funny, I went uh, to a man who owned a lumber yard in Auburn. He was the most no-nonsense man I'd ever met in my life. His name was Ed Lee Spencer. And I said, I recounted the, the, um, the event, and I said, what do you think? Thinking that Ed Lee would go, son, go get a job. <laughs> and, and he looked at me across his desk, and he leaned back, and he said, well, you have to go. And uh, he said, you, you don't want to. He said, you, he said, almost verbatim, you probably won't make it. But you don't want to look back on your life and wonder what it might have been like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, a few weeks later, I got in my car and drove across country. Wow. That's, and that's a fascinating story. <laughs> I got lucky, Brian. I really did. I mean, I, you know, sometimes, as I say, you get dragged kicking and screaming into a better life. That was certainly the case. And, and I heard a lot, oh, you won't make it. You won't make right, it. You yeah, won't make yeah, it. Yeah, I'm sure you, and you you know, and you can do a lot on a good resentment. After a while, it just made me mad. Right. Yeah. So I stuck around. Yeah. You know. hmm. Were there any actors who inspired you? Or you know, there, cer- there were. I think about Ed Flanders. They were all character actors. Yeah. Uh, Ed Flanders, I thought, was a remarkable character actor. I always enjoyed looking at Frederick March's old films, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Lee J. Cobb. Oh, wow. Will Gear had a profound impact on me as as I watched his work, and you know, and then as I began to learn something about the craft, and and see the people, see what people were doing out there, you know, to see Kathy Bates on Broadway and see some of the roles that she created, or, um, you know, there there had been a litany of them that that I just I look at their work and go, oh my gosh, how do they do that? Yeah. How do they do it? You know, and uh, hmm. so I. And I've been really fortunate. I mean, I got to work with Pacino in Sea of Love. Right. And, and uh, to, you know, there, there's some certain actors that just make you better. You, 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 you can sort of feel like the plane just got higher. Oh, yeah. And Pacino was one of those guys. And I learned a lot working with him. He was an incredibly generous actor. And uh, just to see the, that, that intelligence, that kind of intelligence at work and what he put into it, it really helped to create a better ethic for me about what I was responsible for in a character. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, there have been a number that, you know, getting to work with Bobby Duvall and Michael Caine, they were, you know, they're sort of the gold standard for character actors. And, right, uh, Jeez. You know, they, just to, to, to see the, both the, the focus and the, and the relaxation that they know how to work with, you know, yeah. watching uh, Matt Damon, I've worked with a couple of times, and to see the level of commitment that he brings, you know, the preparation that he brings, and the ease, the seeming ease with which he does things. I, I'm always struck by, you know, the, how people can almost uh, shape shift into something else. You oh, know, yeah, it's amazing it. to see, see, see you do that. I mean, it's, you, you do it well, too. <laughs> well, thanks, Brian. I, you know, I'd love to think that I've learned something along the way, but. Uh, you know, they're, they're guys that I think, you know, kind of hold the standard. And, oh, and yeah, you, yeah. You know, you want to – there's an old saying, if you want to play class baseball, play with class baseball players. And right. Yeah. So I hope I've learned from them. Now, is there any actor that you haven't worked with that you would just – you'd just love to have the chance to work with? You know, there are a lot of them. 
but off the top of my head, uh, you know, I, I really admire what Clooney, George Clooney, is doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he seems to be able to move back and forth between some really interesting, you know, um, dramatic roles and, and comedic roles. Uh, I, I'd really like uh, to work with him. An actor who I have worked with, who I would work with in, again in a, in a New York Minute, is Don Cheadle. Um, yes, yeah. Maybe one of the most talented guys I've ever been around, mm-hmm. uh, ever. And uh, uh, Alfred Woodard. Uh, I got to work with James Earl Jones once. Wow. Yes. And that had a profound effect on me. Um, I went, I was young, and I went and I learned his lines, his, all of his material, and I went to set before everybody else got in that day, and he had a summation before a jury. I was playing opposing counsel. And uh, I did his closing summary to an empty jury box. And then when he came in and did it for the cameras, I was stunned. Every place that I leaned forward and, you know, started to act, mm-hmm. he dropped back. Every place that I thought, oh, I can just kind of relax here, he put a shoulder behind it. It was fascinating to see, <laughs> you know, someone of that uh, yeah. that great talent. Jeez. Yeah. Now, we're going to be finishing up, but i got to ask you about Grey's Anatomy. I, I remember those episodes, the final episodes of the 2010 series mm. uh, season, and... It, it, how much did I need? I, I realize these shows are very uh, hush hush on what's going on. How much did you know was going to happen as you were doing it? Did you have the whole script and were able to go through it, or did you, you know, like on a daily basis they gave you the, the scripts? Well, they they gave me each episode as we did four of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they set that character up very well in oh, the yeah. beginning. My wife. Uh, had a brain hemorrhage, and I begged them not to unplug her. Right, yes. And they did, anyway, because she had a DNR. And that was the, the genesis of, uh, of this man's fracture. Uh, and without any support or, or another place to take it, uh, it began to spiral on him until he just lost touch. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, you and I know the result of that. But um, I, it's funny, Brian, you know, it's probably the most high-profile role I've ever done, and I came within a breath of turning it down. Really? Uh, yeah, it just, you know, you, 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 don't, you don't want something like that Hollywoodized. You don't want it sensationalized. Right, yes, it, I understand. It's a very, very delicate subject, obviously, as, you know, we see in the media now. It, right. It, it, and families never recover. Uh, from that, and I knew that I'd had an incident in my own family, so I knew what it does to people. And uh, Shonda Rhimes called me at home, and we had long conversations about it. And to her credit, she was able; she allowed me to express my reservations about it and my aspirations. And finally, I said, Shonda, I just have to say, it frightens me. And she said, It frightens me too, Michael. And then I thought, Okay, I understand. We're both on the same page about this. So a lot of it was trust. You know, a lot of it was trusting the, the fact that she would lead me with that script in places that I needed to go to, to make sure that the humanity stayed there. And uh, we realized that this, you know, that, that the event, uh, there, there really is, there's never a justification for someone walking into a workplace with a 9 right. millimeter. That, it doesn't solve anything for anybody. Yeah. But, I, but I thought she drew it out in a way and, and kept me informed in a way um, that, that um, allowed us to work really well together. Yeah. 
Do you get emotional when you do an episode like that? I mean, that was a very intense uh, final. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a, it. Was really hard to shake, uh, Brian. I had, I, you know, that that's one of those roles you have to recover from. I'm sure. Jeez. And um, I actually studied started to study the guitar after that to try to do something life affirming. Mm-hmm. You know, to try to get it off, but. As it was going on, I stopped sleeping. Uh, I started to walk the perimeter of my house at night, you know, wow. just because uh, I was worried for my children. And um, I, I think I began, uh, looking back, I sort of began to go through some of the things the character was going through without realizing, you know, feeling that um, uh, just the, experientially, you know, you, you stir the pot and, and you start playing with the unconscious, and sometimes it'll start to play back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that that is that that was one of those occasions that that uh, really had a profound impact on me. Well, I tell um, you, you did an amazing work of acting on that episode, those episodes, because you you did a great job. I appreciate it, Brian. You know, it's funny after twenty something, twenty eight or twenty nine years of being hired as the guy to solve problems, to be hired as the guy who who comes in to create them. Right. It really was a wonderful opportunity. So I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Um, Let's finish up with just uh, two questions that are more uh, on the personal note. And um, as far as you, when you kick back and relax, what are your favorite TV shows now or in the past? What are you, you know, what's your favorite TV shows of all time? Uh, wow, of all time? Yeah. Well, I, you was, enjoy I, was fortu- I was fortunate to get to work the West Wing, uh, which for me, I don't think we'll see another show like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the combination of the that ensemble and the and the, and the caliber of the writing. Uh, having said that, you know I know that there are other shows that are that have, uh, have come since that certainly have rivaled it. Uh, the unit was an extraordinary experience for me, uh, and a show that I really enjoyed watching. Um, I, I, I in terms of what's on Homeland right now, I find really fascinating. Yeah, yeah. So that that one, Downton Abbey, mm-hmm. it's some of the most it's some of the most seamless acting I have ever seen in my life. I just really enjoy uh, watching that. Uh, the humanity of the killing, you know, mm-hmm. I found really compelling. Um, you know, what about uh, movies? The, what are your favorite movies of all time? Wow, Swiss Family Robinson when I was a kid. Oh, a classic, yeah. Uh, yeah, boy, I love it when the you know when the pirates are climbing the hill and they let let go with the logs and the coconuts. Right. I just it just <laughs> I watch it now. You know, my kids go, Dad, I know, and say, Wait, wait, we got to see this part. Just this one. <laughs> so uh, those Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, To Kill a Mockingbird may be my favorite. Ah, uh, yes. We, we in fact we had the uh, the actress who played Scout on the show a couple uh, oh. a year or two ago, and she she was great. Oh, I'm going to go back in the archive and listen to that. Yeah, it was she was amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's remarkable. I recently moved my my wife and kids to Birmingham, Alabama, so I'm back. You know, close to Monroeville is where the writer was from, and and uh, I think Scout actually may have been uh, from Birmingham. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so I'll have yeah. to if I can look her up. Well, Michael, I, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. It's been amazing to listen to, to what you've had to tell us and everything. And I want to make sure that everybody is going to be watching tomorrow night 
unnecessary roughness. (laughs) (laughs) It is necessary, yes. Yes, necessary. I'm confusing it with the movie. Wasn't there a movie called that? There was. There was an old football film. You're right. Yes, yeah. But necessary roughness on USA Network tomorrow night, August 29th at 10 p.m. or 9 central. And uh, we'll be looking for you on Vegas on CBS coming up on the 25th of September. And uh, I thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it, Brian. I really enjoyed speaking with you. Michael O'Neill, I want to thank him so much for taking the time out of his busy schedule to talk with us. And be sure to check him out on Necessary Roughness, the mid-season finale on the USA Network tomorrow night, August 29th at 10 p.m., 9 p.m. Central. He's Hank Griffin on the show. It's a good show, so check it out. Necessary Roughness. Find out what happens. And we are just about done our first show of the sixth season of On Screen and Beyond. And I want to remind you, if you are going to be making any purchases uh, at any time on any of our sponsors, okay, go to onscreenandbeyond.com and you'll see who our sponsors are. they got ads all over in different places. And um, if you're going to make a purchase, click on it to make your purchase to get to their site on our site. Okay, so go to our site. Click on their ad. It will take you to their site, and uh, we get a little something for you know doing that, so uh, we'd appreciate it if you would help us out with that. Every little bit is going to help. And if you are on Facebook, you can like us, and we have a link to that right at onscreenandbeyond.com. Scroll down to the bottom. And while you're at onscreenandbeyond.com, be sure to check out our... We have interviews. Uh, we have reviews of DVDs and things, movies that are coming out in theaters. Uh, we got all sorts of stuff, so search the site and check it out. We'd appreciate that. And... Uh, Thank all of you for joining us each week here. We just keep getting more and more people around the world who are listening to On Screen and Beyond. And if you have a suggestion for somebody who you would like to hear on On Screen and Beyond, you can email it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com, and we'll see what we can do about getting that person on. All right, that is it. That is a wrap for the first show of the sixth season of On Screen and Beyond. And until next week, when we once again take you on screen... And beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. Uh-huh.